0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional terms apply.
1: The unthinkable coming back against that Dodgers bullpen. Good morning, Brian. How are
2: you? Yeah, man. I am well, I think. uh, So much for two hours and 28 minutes of baseball. Here in the World Series, uh, they changed that in a big way last night. I think I'm going to be able to make it through today, yeah, after watching all that extra baseball. Four hours and 19 minutes, but every bit of it
1: felt dramatic, especially at the end where both these teams put on an unbelievable show. And it really was fitting because 2017 post-steroid era was the year of the home run. We had talked about why home runs were up and so many being hit. And is it uh, baseball? Is it everything else? And that was on full display last night. And this Houston Astros offense that we have been knocking because they only seem to show up at home in the postseason, at least in the last couple of series, they showed up in a big way and at the most important time. And it really came down to the Dodgers bullpen that has been Just at one point, twenty-eight scoreless innings. You you think about how good they've been, how great Kenley Jansen has been. Coming down to him being on the mound with a one-run lead, and it not getting done that's what it is and i know dave roberts was receiving all sorts of criticism because of everybody he had to go to in the bullpen he ends up with brandon mccarthy in his lap a guy who's made had three appearances since the end of july hasn't pitched since the beginning of october and you should have left rich hill in and if you left rich hill in a little longer then you wouldn't have to go so deep in the bullpen bull it came down to exactly what he
2: wanted Right, Hanley Jansen with a one-run lead, and he finally blew a save. Uh, it, it came down with what they've been doing all season long. Uh, their, their starting pitches don't go that long. They rely on that bullpen. Ninety-eight and zero with a lead after the eighth inning. Say that again. Ninety-eight and zero with a lead after the eighth inning, and finally, uh, someone got to him. They're ninety-eight and one now. That being said, Rich Hill was pitching well. He was pitching well. I would have left him in there. And you saw his reaction when he learned he was out of the ball game. He was highly upset, as usually pitchers are. You throw. We said this about Joe Girardi. Uh, I think it was Game Two of the ALDS. You with CC pull CC. CeCe gives up a hit and they pulls him. Uh, uh, you throw out those numbers sometimes during the postseason because it's just a small window. It's a, such a small situation here where. You have to get a feel for what your guy is doing. You've seen him throughout the season. Now, the is not 162, but you've seen him a lot, right? You know, 20, 30 starts per pitcher. So you get a feel for that guy. Okay, he's doing well. Uh, they've got some hits here and there. He's been able to work out of trouble. you got some timely double plays. You have a feel for him. So I don't think he escapes criticism, but... Surely you give all the credit to this Astros lineup that finally has awoken in a big way with all the home runs, back-to-back, Altuve, Correa. I mean, it was just impressive to see them come back both uh, those last two innings of this uh, game last night.
1: Yeah, and I really do think, though, and I, I tend to agree with that it has to be half of the going by the book and half of the going by the gut, but... With the L.A. Dodgers this year, doing exactly what Dave Roberts has done has produced the same result, which is a positive one, every single time. And why would you go any other direction, especially when it's third time through the order? And the numbers with the Dodgers starters third time through the order, they go way up. And this is what they do. And also, he had Kent to Maeda there. He had a bunch of right-handed hitters in that Houston Astros (laughs) lineup. With Hill, of course, they stacked the righties in the Astros lineup. And then you bring in Maeda, the righty, at that point, which is what you've always done. And, And once again, I'll bring it to the fact that your closer, who has been a borderline Mariano Rivera, and I say borderline because I don't throw that out there lightly, borderline Rivera, he, and finally someone got to him. And and that's really what it was and the rest of then it got crazy from there. I mean, yeah. it's home run after home run after home run and that was just nuts and some of the, the most unbelievable, I mean, it's those were like five straight are you kidding me moments in this baseball game um, but I, I really, I don't blame Dave Roberts at all. I, I really don't for that situation and it, it's 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 a shame that Brandon McCarthy had to trot out of that bullpen when you never thought you'd have to use him,
2: especially in Game 2 of the World Series with the game on the line. But that's the way it shook and out. And also with Maeda, you bring him out, and he's been hitless throughout the postseason. And, and so why would you take him out? I would have left him in at least another inning. You, sure. you mentioned those, those six straight right-handers that, come up for, that came up for the Astros. Okay, I'm leaving him in there for a couple innings. And then you're asking your closer to go out there and get six outs. Almost did it. Uh, but I almost doesn't get you a W in the World Series. And Houston accomplishes exactly what they wanted to do, get one. Let's get back home for three and see how this works out. Yeah, That, to me, is a point that I think is a better one if you want to
1: go to Dave Roberts in this one. It's not so much of when Rich Hill came out. It's also Maeda, an inning and a third. Tony Watson comes in, and I know that he's more of a, a lefty specialist guy, but two-thirds of an inning. Stripling only faced a single batter. You know, So, I mean, it's, it, it's that right yeah. there where you can look at and say – and and I and I saw Tony Watson in, in Pittsburgh for a while. It's not that he's he shouldn't I shouldn't call him just a lefty specialist. This is a guy who can get both both righties and, and lefties out. You can go longer with those guys than you did. Uh, maybe there should be the criticism if you want to go to Dave Roberts as opposed to when you took Rich Hill out.
2: Well, I'll go with that criticism then uh, because uh, you used a whole host of guys last night. And and not only does this have a, a bearing on this ball game, now for the rest of the series, you've seen a lot of the arms in that bullpen. now. If you sit over there for the Houston Astros, so you know what to expect. And, and Stripling comes out and immediately walks a guy, so that's the reason he sees One batter, he doesn't give you anything. Brendan Morrow, who's been around for a while, remember him from his days with the the Blue Jays, you know, pitches pretty well. But going back to the end, you have your closer out there. Kenley Jansen has been just outstanding all season long, doesn't get it done here in the postseason. So I think we can expect a wild one from here on out because home runs were just flying uh, out of that park last night. You want to blame it on the heat, I don't know the pitching what have you, but going the opposite way. Uh, And and as far as the Dodgers getting the Verlander, that's what they did. They went the opposite way on him and, uh, you know, Ballinger with his big blast. And uh, that was going the opposite way. Something I didn't see my Yankees do a a ton of in that ALCS. So just an incredible ball game. We just missing the diving catch and he comes back and blasts a home run. It was just play after play after play drama after drama after drama. And it was exciting, even yeah. though it was late.
1: No, of, of course it was, and and also you had the bat flip stuff, where you had Correa who basically threw that thing into the, the atmosphere, <laughs> and then Puig when he hits a home run, who know he's been known for his bat flip antics throughout his career, just gently lays the thing well, down. He's still it, down, right? If it was an, an infant, but still, I mean, this is <laughs> it doesn't you know it doesn't really matter to right, him. I mean, true. he's always. <laughs> That's hey, true. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at some point if he lit that thing on fire and threw it up into the <laughs> up into the air. Uh, and then Springer comes back uh, in the eleventh, and this guy hasn't done a damn thing. And then you you see him break out of the slump with a home run in the eleventh, and then Culberson. You think that he we go he, again? Well, Culberson, fun,
2: he did the plea. Yeah, he, 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 like he just won the World Series for those guys. Where he tried to around the bases, Marwin
1: Gonzalez. Well, that's the biggest one. That's yeah. the one that that tied Marwin Gonzalez off of Maeda. That's that's definitely the biggest one. But that was. That was crazy, and, and it was as much flack as, as baseball gets, and I will give it for its it's longer games, and it's boring, and it's tedious, and there's too much specialization in the game, and the, the replays will drive you nuts, and it's it's too regional, and you could be bored to tears at times in 2017 with our attention span, it spans with baseball, especially with a younger generation. I, mean, I don't know if it gets any better than, than what you see last night. I mean, I don't think you could write a better script, and when you get games like that, with everything on the line, it's sort of like last year in in, in Game Seven. I mean, those games yeah. like that—they're just so unbelievably memorable. And and now, I mean, it's it's extreme to say that the Astros won the World Series last night. It's extreme to say that, but it's not that far off because this team doesn't—they don't lose a lot of games at home. I mean, they, they no. really don't. They haven't and, lost one yet. <laughs> and I think that the 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 Yankees giving them all that they could handle in the ALCS will probably end up helping them here because tell me a time where the Dodgers had their backs up against it this year. Find me that time until right now.
2: Well, when they were going up, going through that slide. But they uh, they're, were they're, so far ahead, it didn't right. matter. No, it right. didn't matter, but they still, it hurts when you lose it in the manner in which they were losing. What, they lose like 11 or 12 uh, straight? Yeah. So, uh, I'm they not were talking won- about it hurting. I'm talking about uh, I, some real pressure some real live baseball pressure. There's no comparison to being in the World Series and having that type of... Yeah, there is. The ALCS is a comparison. The NLDS is a comparison. You want to talk playoffs? Yeah. No, They they haven't had their back up against the wall. No, that's why I went back to the regular season and does that pressure compare to what they're experiencing, what they might experience... experience here because they're not reeling just yet it's still tight 1-1 and they have as good a chance going back to Houston although Houston hasn't lost in this postseason at home they have a good chance to go and steal a couple there but no they haven't experienced any pressure thus far in the 2017 postseason yeah or, or and to me I'll,
1: I'll still stand by it in the regular season either because it's different when you're fighting for your playoff lives every single day towards the end of the season, and I'm either going to go to the postseason, we're going to go on a run and try to win a World Series, or we just lost a bunch of games where we were never in jeopardy of not going to the playoffs. And and that's how the Dodgers went through that slump. They were they were never in jeopardy of it. Now, is that something that, that's... Just, that type of take is what analytics people are allergic to, right? That, <laughs> that whole, well, this pressure and moments and clutch and bull crap, like no. they won't want to listen to that. Um, But I I do believe that that could be
2: a a factor. No way that's comparable to what you're dealing with now when it's elimination series and and it could be all over – you know, in an instance, no way. But yet you can draw on, a player individually can draw on, well, I was going through a slump during that that little time uh, during the regular season. How did I get out of that? How did I handle it? So from an individual standpoint, yes, maybe you can you could find some, uh, some solace in the fact that you've worked your way through that. But you don't have as many games now to work your way through a slump. So a couple of things that were ancillary to the game last
1: night. The first one was... I mean, I had, like, a perma-smile while this was going on. Like, I'm, you know me. I'm as cynical as as humanly possible. Like, I'll roll my eyes at the stories that everybody cries at. Like, that's just who I am, who I've been. But when Vin Scully came out and he had the microphone in his hand, I know a lot of this has to do with the fact that, you know, we're in broadcasting and someone like that is just...
2: Revered. Yeah,
1: yeah. The, the top of the heap in, in a profession like this, even though we do a different type of thing in a talk show and he's been a play-by-play guy. But you know, him walking out with that microphone, telling, you know, talking to the crowd and then the mm-hmm. millions of people that were watching on TV and to, to put on that show was just a, as good as it got. And the uh, whoever came, whether it was Vin or a collaboration or someone in the Dodgers who came up with that whole thing, you know, I was thinking to myself, like, this is – this is Hollywood right here. Like this is the, the the showman show. And he he goes out, he's telling stories, he's on the mound, he can't throw out the first pitch. He goes against Fernando Valenzuela, Jaeger comes out to be the catcher. I uh, that yeah. that right there, I can't remember, you know, other than some of the things we've seen where, you know, um, a son or daughter of a serviceman is throwing out the first pitch and then the catcher is their father who has returned home and they don't know it. Right. Like, that stuff will get me, too. That's, like, that's waterworks right away. But but as far as, like, a first pitch, ceremonial first pitch, I can't remember anything as cool as that ever in in my entire life. And then you can even hear it in Joe Buck's voice when he took it back from that, like, how happy he was being able to witness that in person,
2: yeah. Those who've been in this business for a long, long time, especially those play-by-play guys like a Joe Buck and and many others, they see that. And a guy who may—I I don't even think it's, you can argue it. It's probably the best of the best, and who did it as long as he did what—sixty-seven years. He was uh, the voice of the Dodgers there, or at least been in the business that long. And and then to have that moment, and and for Dodgers fans to, to see Jaeger out there, to, to see Fernando. Uh, and, and then you, you've got the guy who called uh, all their their games and winning World Series. Uh, yeah, that was a, a, just a grand moment for all involved, not just the Dodgers, but baseball fans. I had it on. My wife goes, who is this guy, and why is he talking so much? And I said,
1: shh, please. This is the greatest to have ever done it. Has he scored a touchdown? Yeah, right. Is he going to the Stanley Cup? Um, and I, I just said, listen, you got to. Let him talk. Give me a moment. Right, yeah, exactly. I'll explain after he's done. Right, okay. yeah. when he's done, and yeah. no, I just quickly, like angrily, was like, "He's the greatest play-by-play man." <laughs> by, play by, play
2: <laughs> that's your <laughs> man. What did you say? Right. <laughs> you say that again. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I almost gave her my one Vin Scully story, but then I was afraid she was going to do what she always does. I've already heard that. The <laughs> <laughs> beginning of me starting the story. Yeah, you told me that one already. Did you tell us? I uh, probably, probably have, yeah, but probably we can't have. remember anything. It's they probably, probably See, it's this yesterday. is the problem. is the, There could be a select few listeners that mm-hmm. do, and the guys in there definitely do, right? You know the one Vince Scully story. I was out there
2: at Omir Santos. You know this mm-hmm. one? Mike doesn't know this one? Uh-oh. All right, you I want know. to hear the story? I don't recall. I All probably right. know in the middle of it, then I'll say like Gina. All right, <laughs> yeah, tell me that. All
1: right, here's my one Vince Scully All story. Right. So I go out as a producer of the midday show at WFAN to Mets Dodgers okay. that year. It was like 2009. Right. So we're in press dining. It's me, Joe Beningo, the midday host at WFAN, and Jay Horwitz, who is the Mets PR director. Okay. Now, Jay's got a, a major lisp. So when I do his impersonation, I'm just sounding like him. I'm not trying to make fun of him. Right. So, okay. so he goes, oh, Vin, Vin, come over here. Come over. I got a couple friends. couple friends I want to meet from New York. So Vin comes over. He puts out his hand. starts shaking our hands. Doesn't say hello, but goes right into a story. He goes, and I can't do a great Vince Scully, but he says, do you know you guys have a catcher named Omir Santos? And Beningo goes, like, bro, yeah, I know, I, I know. I goes, yep, Omir Santos. I'd never heard the name Omir before. So I talked to the young ladies who serve us the food here, who happen to speak a lot of Spanish, hmm. and I said, Omir, what does that mean? And they all put their hands over their mouths at the same time. And then one of them said to me, penis. It's slang for penis. You have a catcher with a first name of penis. Nice to meet you guys. And I walked away. That's my Vince Cully story.
2: I'd never heard that. That's a great one. Yeah, You should tell that one all the time. And hey, you do a, a pretty good Vince Scully. <laughs> was, Don't sell yourself short. I will I will never forget that, <laughs> ever in
1: my life. All right. Oh, my God. Coming up next, you where...
2: You name? <laughs> <laughs> How did Penis play? <laughs> I know, it was not very well. Oh.
1: Not very oh, well. Okay, he's yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up next, where in the world is Adrian Gonzalez and another idiot breaks himself by doing something
2: stupid? <laughs> But first, Brian Jones has got this. All right, here's the truth. Many of you have simply had it. You've struggled with pain long enough and you want what I wanted. 100% drug-free answer to your pain. I'm here again to help you with those answers to your pain. After a professional career in football, I've dealt with plenty of pain. Yes, of course, I'm talking about relief factor, but the really big news is that anybody struggling with pain can lower or even eliminate your pain with this wonderful product. My problem was... Shoulder pain, foot pain, arm pain. I have it everywhere. But you know what? I am feeling great. I take Relief Factor religiously. Just ordered a couple new packets of it, and they got here as soon as they could. And I'm so thankful they did. Maybe you'd like to play golf or tennis again without pain or take those nice little... Long walks again. Or how about sleeping through the night without pain? Neck, back, shoulder, hip, and knee pain can be simply offered. Here's what I suggest. Go to ReliefFactor.com, order the three-week quick start, a super value at just $19.95. So you can see if it will help you like it did me and currently does for me. I'm pleased to announce that for all of October, the owners of Relief Factor are donating $5. $5 of each $19.95 three-week quick start to children in need. ReliefFactor.com, that's Relief Factor.
1: Greg Giannotti, Brian Jones on CBS Sports Radio. I just feel like all these same words have been used to describe these games. We should be better than that. Uh, You got one? Hmm. I guess not. Nope.
2: (laughs) It was good. Bogus is a wordsmith. It was a gooder. Mm. Wordsmith bogus. I'm still... Baseball expert bogus. that That was... Good baseball. That was great. But, it, you know, the classic ones you would think involve your squad, right? Well. I mean, I, I, you appreciate that. That was outstanding. That was excellent for the Dodgers to come back two down and tie it, and, and then the Astros go back it's, up It's two. totally different, right? I right. mean, when when yeah, you're talking cause about. Because I go back to 2001, you know, you got three games, three, four, five here with the Yankees and the home runs, Mister November and yeah. all that. And, and even before that, you got Kirk Gibson speaking to the Dodgers, and you've had mm-hmm. others throughout history. Uh, so, it's a good'un. It was a good'un. That's my... A good'un? It was a good'un. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I think when it's personal
1: to you, of course, it has a different thing, but when you try to be objective about Mm -hmm. it and and look at it that
2: way, I think you have to Uh, put this up there. So, you have nothing else to add other than it was an all-timer. I would say nothing else to add. Well, you're going to land on out. I mean,
1: I don't feel like saying epic. I feel like epic is used too much. What about instant classic?
2: Mm -hmm. I feel like that's new, no? Game of the century. Mm. Don't we say that every year in, in college football? It's the game of the century. Um, I feel like instant classic. That was used because
1: of ESPN Classic, and yes. they had a mm-hmm. instant classic feature where they replay the game like immediately. Right. Yep. Mm. Um, it was. Ah, tweet us at Gio and Jones. We don't get enough action over there anyway. At T- Gio and Jones, G I O and Jones on Twitter. Pete is eager. Professor Pete is eager to give us one of these. How about a cornucopia of excitement? All right, shut up. <laughs> turn that mic on Hornucopia ever again cornucopia what are of you mean? a
2: copia of excitement yeah, made me <laughs> I mean, only for thanksgiving
1: i mean the the horn of plenty that's where we're going
2: with this babe. right it was an ocean of fun <laughs>
1: a canyon <Yeah>. of <laughs> pleasure a barrel of drama <laughs> that's a
2: canyon of pleasure that's <laughs>
0: That's, that's, that's the, that's that's the, the tagline we, for Epcocks.
2: episode. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say where's that canyon? Let's go to the, Where's that on the map? Uh, <laughs> and then we went down in February to Epcock, you know, we, we did all the things you do,
1: canyon of pleasure. Yeah. See, I'm cre- writing that down. The that's crevasse good. of delight. Yeah. Now Epcock is for all, all the touristy things. <laughs>
2: This is a short line at the Canyon of Pleasure. (laughs) Get right in. Let me, see your, Let me see your stamp. There's okay. a, lot, a lot of room in there. You can fit a lot of people at once. All right. Well
1: tweet us better adjectives oh, to describe. Wow. Try. Imagine the game. That. <laughs> yeah, the game last night. Right. Game over. You got an uphill battle now. Yes, you do. All right, Bogus is here with an update.
0: Uh so yes, it was three one Dodgers through seven, then three two, then three three after Marlon Gonzalez's solo shot top off previously unbeatable Dodger closer Kenley Janton. The Astros took their first lead in the 10th on back-to-back solo shots from Jose Altuve and Carlos Correa, but then the Dodgers scored twice to force an 11th inning, and that's when George Springer hit one out of sight. Springer, fly ball well, hit to center field. Long run for Kike Hernandez. He can't get it, and it is gone. A home run.
1: <laughs> Charlie Steiner Charlie. on Dodgers yeah. radio. Are you sure about that, Chuck? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> He's had to get Sterling rubbed off on them all the years that they worked together. Uh, Springer, the fourth long ball of extra innings, the seventh of
0: Game 2. Charlie Culberson went deep for the Dodgers before Chris Davinsky finally caved Yasil Puig for a 7-6 World Series tying victory that almost killed Correa.
2: Oh, my gosh, so much fun. It was a crazy game. Almost had a heart attack in the last inning. Uh, I don't know I don't know what to tell you, man. It, it was so much fun uh, to come to be
1: On the side that came up with the win, Uh, it was an unbelievable game.
0: Game three in Houston tomorrow night. No game of any kind had ever included five extra inning home runs. The eight total, a World Series record. Away from the postseason, Red Sox second baseman Dustin Pedroia had surgery yesterday on his troublesome left knee. He's out seven months, which means he'll miss the start of next season. Thursday night football takes you to Baltimore for the Ravens and Dolphins. Ignore the fact that these are two of the most anemic offenses in the NFL. (sighs) Matt Moore starts for the injured Jay Cutler from Miami. Coverage starts at 8 Eastern on CBS. Patriots linebacker Dante Hightower will not play this weekend. Could miss multiple weeks with a right shoulder injury. That from the Boston Herald and Panthers linebacker Luke Kuechly went through practice yesterday. He remains in the league's concussion protocol, but is on track to play Sunday. That according to head coach Ron Rivera. Mikey B beaming this morning because his Mm. Nets didn't blow a game last night. They thought about it. Wasting a 14 point fourth quarter lead before topping the Cavaliers in Brooklyn 112 107. Both teams now three and two. LeBron throwing all his body parts at his team's uneven start.
2: I don't know if I could put my hand on it or my foot on it right now. We'd be much better. Um, it's just taking us too much, or too much time to get into the game, like get into the flow of the game. Teams are playing with a faster pace than us to start the game. And, um, you know, we have to figure that out for sure. Yeah,
1: I watched a lot of that last night because you don't normally get a chance to see the Cavs on local TV. So I was flipping back and forth with that. And and LeBron was just angry the whole time. Like, he just had... Could you put your your hand or foot on it?
2: Why? I I mean,
1: I think that they still have... Even though there's a lot of guys there, they're guys in different roles. And then the new people that are there, just they looked... Sort of, herky, Out of sorts. Yeah, herky yeah.
2: jerky in their this offense. It's going to take a while for, the, for those guys to gel. That was yeah. a lot of new faces on there, Ross. And the Nets
1: are just funny, man. Like, I, they're just like a bunch of mis- misfits that just like are balls to the wall yeah. for the whole game. There's so much hair. And, <laughs> yeah, like, I, I was just it's saying crazy. that. Crazy. They got so much hair, these guys. They got more <laughs> hair than any team in the NBA. And then mm. even, even Ian Eagles called, what he said, uh, 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 he said something with the fro. I forget what it was—like a fro throw or something. <laughs> like Jared Allen, who's got this big fro at the line. He's like, "We're gonna call hook this him. a fro throw."
2: That's right, hook yeah. him. But he uh, don't say it like that. More yeah, feeling. it was—it was actually an entertaining game to watch. It was—it was good to. Have How's that. he playing? Speaking of hook him, state uh, of don't color. look at me. Ask Mikey B. Oh. He's playing well. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> <you>. NBA expert. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's, let's put let's
1: put uh, twenty seconds on the clock here. How many Brooklyn Nets can you name in 20 seconds? Ready? Uh, in three, two, one.
2: Jared Allen. Yeah. And D'Angelo Russell. Two. Uh, hmm. Jeremy Land. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, pretty good. Dwayne Shinsis. <laughs> <laughs> we going way back, huh? You got L- five flow, flow, flow more flow seconds. I'm done. Oh, it's a three. yeah, yeah, Three's did. not bad. Uh, Three's not bad. I can't even name the coach. Who's our coach now? <laughs> Kenny, we've
1: done this how many times? <laughs> Kenny Atkinson? I feel like we've asked that question like 50 times. Kenny on the show, too,
2: yeah. Yeah. I've never asked that. <laughs> oh,
1: yes, you have. <laughs> this would would be impossible to find, but yes, you've asked this. <laughs> yeah, I, Kenny I
2: Atkinson. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Cool. Ken- uh, who starts for them other than Russell and Allen? Well, Russell
1: didn't start last night. Spencer Dinwiddie Yes. Yeah. Who? Spencer Dinwiddie, another guy <laughs> with a lot of hair. Spencer, uh, who's
2: the center? Uh, well, uh, 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 Mizgov. Mozgov. Yeah, Mozgov yeah, 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 oh, started Timothée? there last night. Yeah. started Timothée there last night. O'Fay close yeah. to me. He didn't call.
1: Karis LeVert, who is Dr. Besegli's favorite. Is Hollis Laver- Ka- Karis. 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 conversation, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even Mike thinks this sucks. Like, you, the biggest is Nets Al- fan Lever- of the
2: world. Is he a guy from Michigan? Yes, from Michigan. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool.
1: And then uh, the hyphen. Ronde Hollis Jefferson. That's his nickname. Ronde Hollis Jefferson they from Arizona. It. They call him the hyphen.
2: Huh.
1: Yep. Tamari Carroll? Yep, Damari Carroll. A yeah, okay. he you know,
0: heartwarming yeah. speech on opening night, oh, promising bro- to make Brooklyn proud. Yeah. Really? Yeah, that was a low point for me
1: <laughs> as a pseudo-Nets <laughs> fan that Damari Carroll is making. A pseudo-Nets fan?
0: Yeah, I mean, like, I if, what? I, if I had to pick an, uh, an NBA team, it's the Nets. But I'm really? not, I feel like I, I'm not as committed as Mike. I don't want to put myself alongside Mike. I am a Nets fan. Okay. But, like, I'm not going to watch the Nets like I watch – the other teams that I like <laughs> that much. So he delivered Paint on that truck. speech, right? I guess he did, yeah.
1: Yeah, look at them. Beating right. the, in the Cavs, man. In five games.
2: Here they, here they come. What's their record through
1: five? Three and two. But they could be five and oh. Yeah, and they beat the Cavs last night, and, and everybody played. It's a big story well, in no, sports. We should all okay. be with that. No Wade. <laughs> get out of here. All right, what else you got for us? Uh, What
0: else we have? Oh, the Warriors getting by the Raptors, 117-112. The Lakers outlasted the Wizards, 102-99 in overtime. The Mavs got their first win, 103-94 over Memphis. And the Rockets stole a 105-104 win in Philly. Eric Gordon's three at the buzzer. You don't care about hockey, so back to you, Greg.
1: Okay, so we were talking about Adrian <laughs> Gonzalez yesterday and the saga of him not being with the team. And then he was in Italy, and then he was at the Dodgers' studio. Doing some stuff in El Segundo. El Segundo. (laughs)
2: I I feel like (laughs) lived out there. Is it is it Segundo or Segundo? We probably Segundo. We said Segundo. Uh, I love El Segundo. The Raiders uh, when they were in L.A. Their their, uh, training facility was there in an old junior high school. It was a mess. Uh, My two favorite places in California to say are
1: El Segundo and San Luis Obispo. Yeah, those are my two favorite
2: part of Cali.
1: Yeah. So uh, he was in that uh, that studio there for Sportsnet. L.A., and then yesterday, guess where he was? He was back with the Dodgers. There he was, Adrian Gonzalez, and he said, quote, people were going to be like, oh, doesn't it suck? My whole thing is avoiding this, avoiding the article. Then they swept the division series, so I'm like, okay, we're all superstitious guys. It's a superstitious sport. I don't want to show up, and all of a sudden they lose and be like, oh, man, I'm bad luck. Well, guess what happened last night?
2: He showed up, and they lost. He's in the dugout. He's in the clubhouse. He had talked to Puig and uh, I think Turner, uh, and and they said, man, yeah, come on down. At least (laughs) he got the temperature of the guys. And, you know, at least he also asked permission to go to Italy. His wife is taking some course over there, a designer course uh, in fashion, and uh, he he asked permission to help move her over there and and the Dodgers – they said, okay, uh, do your deal. And he was there for a little over a week, and, and now he's back. And he's right, though. And we've said this many times on the show, athletes are the most superstitious people on the planet, especially baseball players. And uh, so for him not to – I understand now him saying he didn't want to be a distraction, but he didn't say initially, at least the reports we had, that it, it, it uh, centered around being this superstition. Uh, and and so uh, he shows up, and they – finally blow a game after the eighth inning with the lead and uh, now the series is all tied up but uh, I I buy this explanation Uh, still me I don't know if I take off uh, during uh, the playoffs and, and head to Italy. But that's the timing of it. Mama has to go. You want to help her out, so be it. This is one of those, oh, the irony moments, right? Because
1: mm-hmm. here you have a guy who doesn't want to be a distraction, so he stays away, but him staying away has now become a story. Yeah. So if he would just been there the entire time, nobody would even be talking about him, and this is what he was trying to avoid. And he was he was there batting practice, and then I think he went up to a suite to watch the game, and he is scheduled to travel with the team to Houston, but I don't know if after last night he's going to. <laughs> hey, dog, go back to Italy. If they're that superstitious. <laughs> uh, here's the other thing I teased after our first segment. So Joel Berry of North Carolina, we got to know him last year. He, um, he lost a video game. To a couple other teammates and a, and a manager the on the team. Pinson? Yeah. Yeah, and, and the manager. And, and the manager. So then he punched a wall, and, or punched a door, excuse me. I got to get the details right. Punched a door out of frustration, breaking his right hand. So, I mean... I'm happy that the real details of this came out as opposed to some sort of stupid lie that we're supposed to believe.
2: And who doesn't get upset about losing a video game? (laughs) People do that all the time. You, what you're do you very, mean? Who People get upset. Well-adjusted, mature you, people. You no, know. I don't Competitive know. People get upset about losing in, in, in pretty much anything. Okay. And so How many you, of those people I, that punch walls I, and break well, their head? If you allow me to finish, I was going to say that it shouldn't rise to the level where you're punching a wall. But I've I've seen this and heard this movie before, and you shouldn't do it, but people do it. Get caught up in the moment. He yeah. couldn't
1: burst because of the super.
2: And now they lose their most outstanding player from last year's Final Four for about a month. Remember, remember that we played the gaming
1: play-by-play. That's the drop. Just peaches just mm-hmm. played. He couldn't burst because of the super. Are you standing up for? Why?
2: <laughs> oh, people in their video! I haven't played a video game in years. I haven't played years. them in decades. And uh, but you, you know, these guys are competitive. They're probably throwing controllers and everything. Well, oh, that's thing. a hell of a lot better. than punch Well, of the course door. it is. That goes without I saying. But I, I'm, I'm loving uh, the name of. Uh, I think this is a new player on the roster. You know, just trying to find out who's going to be the point guard while Barry's out. Uh, Seventh Woods no. is a player on the UNC roster. Seventh. Woods. Wow. Yes. Uh, probably some golfers in that family. <laughs> Give me my seven wood. Well, if which the, you don't even use anymore. But last is- woods. Yeah.
1: Wow. I got to see this guy.
2: Yeah, he said Penson has played point guard the last two practices, which has pushed Seventh Woods and Kenny Williams. Who are also <laughs> yeah, yeah. buying the replace where have Barrett? all the
1: Kenny Williams gone? You know, like, Seventh Woods. That's what we we need to write a new song instead of "Where Have You Gone, Joe DiMaggio's? and "Where Have You Gone, Kenny Williams?" Because yeah. now we've got Seventh, Seventh Woods. Woods. Yeah. Yeah, there he is, sophomore. Can't can make it up. Number zero. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy's... Well, he you got to be number seven, don't you, right? Yeah, you would think so. Come on. Zero? Yeah. He's a unique character, mm-hmm. this Seventh Woods. I
2: bet there are a ton of people out there who punch things after playing video games and losing to their if buddies. I, yeah, well, yeah. But Just breaking. not a hand. ton of professional athletes that are or collegiate athletes. Well, they're professional, so
1: yeah. <laughs> I, I does he if his the rest of his if he has like six other siblings in their first, second, third, fourth, oh, that'd fifth, be great. Sixth. No it wouldn't. That'd be great. No, we'd have to talk What's to these up, people. six?
2: Six Woods? What's up, fifth woods? Fourth Woods. What'd you get on that paper? Third Woods. Hey, second woods. How your mama doing? <laughs> oh, first woods, that was dope, dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First wood, zero Woods. Zero Woods. <laughs> Papa Woods, Mama Woods. <laughs> First Woods, second Woods. This is ridiculous. Woods.
1: I got to find this out. I have to. They can't because, I mean, do you just name if you have?
2: Seventh Woods. I had there been six before him, right? Come <laughs> I'm trying, on. I'm trying Come to look on. it up. I look up his history. Oh, yeah
1: See if you can find that, Mike. Give you something Seventh to do with
2: it. Seventh Woods with the dunk. All right. Coming up next, we going to
1: talk a little. NBA basketball from last night. We've got Phil Savage on the show. We've got three members of the cast of the CBS show Superior Donuts joining us in studio. Oh, They're going it's going to
2: it's gonna get thick up in here. Yeah. We're going to uh, have seventh woods. Four. I'm sorry. Four, <laughs> four of them. Yes. Six woods. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have God. four donuts in they, here. They better bring some
1: donuts, too. Now, do we have enough microphones here? We got this one over here. Probably not. Laps.
2: What? You sit Wait, on what? your laps.
1: No, not, no, no, not going to do that. Let's see, we have... Well, we got two and two. Yeah. Share. But there's another mic here. It doesn't work. It doesn't work? Yeah, no. It hasn't
2: worked for five years. Oh, well, that's too bad. So they're going to have to do do to comment? Yeah. It's going to be oh, tricky for us. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Because we're
1: going to have to address each guy. This one's for you. Yeah. Uh, Maz Jabrani. <laughs> <laughs> this one's for you. <laughs> Rel Battle. <laughs>
2: He's Coming y- at you, David Keckner. He's the youngest of six children. Yeah. Seventh Woods is okay. What are the other names? Of, of doesn't the have siblings. The, uh, doesn't have the uh, siblings. If names. the
1: Woods family did that, we Ooh, have wow. to. we gotta have a talk with
2: them. Yes, be like, what is first? I mean, come on, the first one has to be first Woods. <laughs> come on, it has <laughs> to be. Please, just for the purposes of the show,
1: right? At Please. Least,
2: yeah, or at least one of them. Yeah, not, not
1: all of them have to be a number. At least one of them be like, you know, Third Woods or yeah. Fifth Woods. Yeah, well,
2: at least after the third one, maybe they, they thought they were going to stop at three and say, okay, damn, Fourth One, Fifth Woods. Fourth Woods, let's just call it the Fourth <laughs> Woods. I'm
1: just tired naming Oh, kids. another one Fifth Woods. I don't right, want to name another kid. I just call yeah. it
2: Seventh. Yeah. All right, we're coming <laughs> right back.
1: Follow us on Twitter at Gio and Jones.
0: Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment,
2: and more. Play it at play.it.
1: It's the same old thing. It's epic. It's classic. It's, it's I'm just getting bored with these adjectives, you mm-hmm. know? So one guy said, a plethora of exuberance. <laughs> okay.
2: Bad. Okay. Uh,
1: and another guy said, juiced is the best way to describe it. Mm. Someone very cynical. Yeah. watching baseball. It's yeah. Skip. It's the, the Skip from Mount Lebanon. There you go, Skip. And thanks, no, but no thanks. And the guy, Jacked. a guy who tweets us more than anybody, Lenny. No. Oh, somebody beats X-ray Lenny. Yes. No oh. Waya. Yeah.
2: No <laughs> What's up, No No
1: Quisie Woods the Seventh. <laughs> <laughs> exciting, he said. No, Queezy, come on, come on, Queeze. You're better than that, dog. Queeze, Queeze, let's quease. go, man. Come,
2: on. <laughs> I mean, the
1: rest of the Wyllys have to be totally embarrassed <laughs> oh. by your contributions. <laughs> Definitely. Jeez, do we, better we, than that, huh? <laughs> I mean, we came up with the Canyon of Pleasure, <laughs> and you come up with exciting. You could tweet us an adjective or a phrase. At Gio and Jones, G I O and Jones on mm. Twitter. David Stern, the former NBA commissioner, came out yesterday and said that he believes that medical marijuana should be allowed on in the NBA. It should not be on the banned list. So. This is a guy who obviously knows what he's talking about.
2: (laughs) Because he put it on the list, not medical marijuana, but marijuana. Marijuana, He tightened the rules during his reign over the the NBA. He said he had guys coming in and saying players are showing up to the games high. And so he definitely uh, dropped the hammer down as far as the rules on marijuana during his tenure. This was a quote from him. It was generally known at some point until we tightened the
1: rules that a lot of our players were smoking a lot of marijuana. In fact, (laughs) some of our players came to us and said Some of these guys are high coming into the game, but we began tightening it up, and at that time people accepted the generally-held wisdom that marijuana was a gateway drug, Mm -hmm. and if that you start smoking, you're liable to go on to bigger and better stuff. (laughs)
2: so <laughs> bigger and better. Yeah, what's David doing in his post-commissioner <laughs> career? better, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> bigger stuff. Okay, you could have stopped there, but better? <laughs> yeah.
1: So anyway, I mean, there's a major. We've talked about this. I like to bring it up from time to time because I do think it's something that's important to make the distinction between, you know, people who use the cannabinoid oils or the people who take the THC out of it. I think that all of it should just be legal. And by the way, did the NBA even test anymore for this stuff? Uh, if they did it'd probably be no games. Yeah, I mean so it's like <laughs> they talk about it's on the band right. list. Right. How is it on the list? <laughs> is it real I mean, I think everybody's just doing it. It's the same thing in right. baseball, right? They don't even they don't do street
2: drug tests no. in baseball. No. They don't they do not it don't. in hockey either. Yeah. Only yeah. NFL. Yeah. NFL is behind the times. And Al Harrington who interviewed Uh, David Stern is an entrepreneur in in that field, the medical marijuana field and an advocate. And and he said he used the CBD oils during the end of his career in the NBA for a botched knee surgery that uh, he sustained or or underwent. And uh, it helped with the inflammation. And uh, he he, and a lot of different players are are choosing to go that route. And a lot of former players, alternative route and, and using the CBD oils that are don't, Uh, possess the psychoactive elements of THC. So last night it was the
1: game that Twitter made a bigger deal than it should have been, and that was the Lakers and the Wizards out in L.A. And you had LeVar Ball say that the Wizards better watch out because Alonzo doesn't lose two games in a row. And then Marcin Gortat said that... um, Man, please. Yeah, Please, John Wall's gonna fillet the guy in so yeah, many words. Yeah. And then and you chop had, up in
2: little pieces.
1: You had all the, the Lakers come out with quotes, yeah, we paid attention to that. And guess what happened? The Lakers beat the Wizards mm-hmm. last night, and John Wall wasn't all that good. So What do you have, nineteen in the ball game? I mean, for yeah. him, he wasn't yeah. he wasn't all that good. So a um, certainly a a win for the ball family, and there's there's nothing like LeVar... The camera on LeVar Ball when he's getting exactly what he wants.
2: Well, his son scored six points in the game, but he he definitely had had a double-double. Yes, he had a double-double. I agree with you, but he had six points, double-double, and they wanted to – he – what I like about Lonzo Ball, he goes about it in his own manner. He allows the game to come to him, and he's not trying to shoot the lights out. Uh, I think he had, a couple of games ago he had 29 points, but he allows it to come to him, and, and he wants to get everyone else involved. And the Lakers, uh, Luke Walton and others, have been pushing him, man, shoot more, and get more involved in the offense from a, a, a shooting standpoint. But he has uh, uh, been able to stave that off, at least for now, and, and allows uh, the game to just flow organically and get involved. But here's the problem with what the Pops is doing. And, and, and while Washington lost this game and, and – and, John Wall may not have had a 25-point you know, night. Uh, he is now forcing the teammates to have to answer for Lonzo Ball all the damn time. And that's going to get old quickly. We're five, six games into this season, and every time LeVar Ball puts something out there, and let's say the opponent, they respond to it. Now as a teammate, you're already going to stand up for your guy. You're going you're gonna to be there for your teammate. But now even more so, you're you're thrown in the middle of this drama because of dad. At some point, he's got to shut up because that's too much more responsibility he's placing upon the teammates of Lonzo Ball. And it's going to wear on those guys eventually, and, and, and they won't have Lonzo's back. Yeah, at least for
1: one night, it seemed to inspire him a little bit because they played really well. And also the quotes leading up to it, they were saying, it wasn't the reaction. Wasn't we don't want to talk about this? This is ridiculous. Like Lavar, you could talk to him about it. It was yeah. We took notice of what Gortat said on Twitter, and we're taking notice of what people are saying. And you know, Patrick Beverly, of course, embarrassed Lonzo Ball. So if if Lonzo is everything that he seems to be. They're going to want to have his back through this regardless of the reasons why people are gunning for him. Well,
2: if it's a player who just comes out and says something about him, that's fine. But if it's the father who's instigating all this, at some point they're going to say, please tell your daddy to shut up. Or they may just come out and say to someone in the media, he needs to shut up. Cam Newton, once again, getting criticized for behavior. He needs to talk.
1: In a press conference. It's Gio and Jones coming right back. CBS Sports Radio. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?